Today is August 11th, 2022. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. Let's talk boxing. This Saturday, August 13th, live on ESPN, 10 p.m. Eastern, we get the return of one of the brightest young stars in the sport, 25 years or under, Tiafimo Lopez, finally making his return to the sport, also making his debut at 140 pounds. This will be the first time Tiafimo has stepped in the ring since his first defeat, which took place in New York at Madison Square Garden against George Cambosos. George Cambosos was a huge underdog in that fight. That was a mandatory. That was nothing. That was supposed to be nothing more than just a standard top 10 opponent defense for Tiafimo Lopez. It was supposed to be a decent action fight, nothing more, nothing less. Well, it turned out to be a huge upset, turned out to be a really fun fight, much better than we expected, and obviously not the winner, not the outcome that we expected. I predicted Tiafimo Lopez was going to knock Cambosos out, and I think I said five rounds or less. That certainly wasn't the case. Tiafimo actually got dropped in the first round of that fight. Huge, huge eye-opener in that fight. A lot of problems for Tiafimo Lopez. Let's get into them. First off, and you always got to start here, but first off, we got to start with Tiafimo's mental health. He's been an emotional fighter for as long as I've been following him. And he has a relatively short career. So that just shows you how many times it's come up throughout his 17-fight career. I recall a fight where Tiafimo Lopez had a, had a very good win. I believe he had a knockout. And after the fight, he mentioned this bald spot on his head. When I first saw it, I didn't think much of it. I thought maybe his barber missed a spot or, or uh, gave him an extra spot or something happened. Something like that. He went on to explain it was a stress bald spot meaning he was under a lot of stress, so much, in fact, his body reacted by giving him a bald spot. He claimed that his dog, pet dog, had recently died, and he was going through other things in his life, and that is part of the reason he was extremely stressed out. Okay, that happens once in a while, or one time. You don't think much of it. Pro athletes in general are under a lot of scrutiny, under a lot of stress. I totally understand that. And your dog dying, as a guy who has two dogs myself, I would be extremely distraught if I had to lose one of them. So I understand where he's coming from. But that wasn't all. There was another fight against Nakatani in which he struggled. Still won um, pretty convincingly, but he struggled in the fight. Didn't get off the shots that he thought he was going to get off. Didn't knock Nakatani out. Didn't even drop him. Uh, Went the distance. He was very tough, tall opponent with some good pop. Uh, Leading up to that fight, and after the fight, in the post-fight interview, Tifimo had admitted that he was going through a lot in his personal life. So this is the second time I really took notice and was thinking, okay, there's more to this story. So apparently his family wasn't getting along with his wife. He also had issues with his dad, who was also his trainer. Uh, They have a very up-and-down relationship. They seem extremely close, but they do go through a lot uh, behind the scenes. So he's going through that. 
That's after the Nakatani fight, or leading up to the Nakatani fight, and then he talks about it after the fight. Then he goes on to fight for a world title in his next fight. A lot of the commentators, I believe Andre Ward, specifically after the telecast, said that he didn't think Tiafimo Lopez was ready for a title fight. Not after that, not after the mental um, stress he was going under, and not after his performance against Nakatani. He didn't think he was ready. Well, Tiafimo Lopez believed he was ready. Fought Richard Comey at Madison Square Garden. Ends up knocking Comey out in the second round. So he didn't really get into any trouble at all against Comey. Ends the fight early and pretty much puts the world on notice that, hey, I'm coming for Tiafimo Lopez. I mean, I'm coming for Vasily Lomachenko. I'm the champion now. I'm coming for Lomachenko. So he does that, wins a world title. Still, we're hearing about his family issues in the lead-up to the Loma fight. He beats Lomachenko. <clears throat> we're still hearing about these issues after the fight. But winning hides a lot of issues. You're at the pinnacle, pretty much, of your division at that point. You just beat the top guy, Vasily Lomachenko. You have all the belts. The only guy with an argument is Devin Haney at that time. You're on top of the world. So people forget he won Fighter of the Year that year. Um, his father won Trainer of the Year that year. People forget about your issues when you're winning or they brush them to the side so we weren't really thinking about that we're just thinking about the boxing side the side that we enjoy the side the side that we get entertainment from we're not thinking about what this guy's going on or what he has going on behind the scenes fast forward to the uh, Cambosas fight there was six different cancellations for that fight the fight was rescheduled six or more times there was a purse bid to see who was going to broadcast the fight. Originally, it was supposed to be ESPN. They weren't trying to put up the type of money that Tiafimo Lopez was demanding after becoming the unified champion, after solidifying himself as one of the top young guys in this sport. He wanted more money. Top Rank wasn't willing to give it to him. DeZone stepped in. Excuse me, Triller originally stepped in, gave it to him. Then there was issues with where the fight was going to take place, all the rescheduling. Eventually, DeZone ends up with the fight because they were second in line at the purse bid. So they get the fight. They broadcast the fight. And Tiafimo Lopez looks flustered in the whole fight. So that is why I think about the mental health side. As someone, he talks about going through anxiety. As someone who has dealt with anxiety before, it's something that you can't really describe to somebody that's never had it. Before I ever experienced it, I couldn't understand it. I'm like, worrying, what are you worrying? Like, people just worry. No. It's something you really can't control. It's pretty much your mind arguing with itself about how to feel about certain situations. It's really difficult to understand if you've never been through it. So if, if Tiafima Lopez was going through that along with the other issues or the anxiety was caused by the other issues, I understand why he wouldn't perform well. But that's just one aspect of Tiafimo Lopez's game or Tiafimo Lopez's issues that I wanted to talk about, the mental part. That is one. Let's talk about the physical issues. Tiafimo Lopez reportedly fought that fight against Cambosos with air in his chest. Um, doctor said he, quote unquote, almost died in the fight. I don't know how true that is. That's just what they reported. But it was clear he wasn't the same. Whatever he was going through, he wasn't the same. That's one of the things that he had to deal with. Another thing, preparation. 
there was no adjustments. Even if you're going through a health scare and you entered the ring knowing that, you'd think there would be some adjustments being made by him and the trainer. A lot of people want to throw all the blame on Tiafimo Lopez's father because some of the instructions he was given in the ring weren't the best. Kick his ass. Uh, what are you doing? Go for him. Stuff like that. It's, it's funny to, to show that. But there were also times in that fight where he did give some instruction to his son. He did tell him, uh, the further he is away, the worse it is for you. In other words, close the distance. What are you doing? Why aren't you... Why are you letting George Cambosos dance around the ring and pick you off? That is what he explained to his son. His son didn't make any adjustments at that point. His son didn't throw the jab like his dad was asking him to. So yeah, we can blame Tiafimo Lopez Sr. for some of the issues in that ring, but we can't give him all the blame because at the same time, Junior wasn't listening to his father during the few times he actually was giving him legitimate game plan and, and legitimate instructions throughout the course of the fight. So we can't just blame the trainer. We have to give Junior a huge blame. I would say more of the blame than his father. He's the one in the ring. He's the athlete. He's the professional. He needs to listen. He needs to also know when to make some of these adjustments as well, whether his dad is telling him to or not. You're a world champion. You're a unified world champion. You can't make excuses at this point. Another thing I want to touch on is ego. Yes, this all falls into mental as well, but I'd like to talk about the ego side because he had a lot going for him leading up to this fight. He just got a Bud Light deal leading up to that Cambosis fight. Who was the last fighter to have a deal with Bud Light? I don't know. You would have to Google that. I can guarantee you it's been an eternity. It's been a very long time. That's a big deal. A Bud Light deal. For a young fighter, for any fighter, that's big business. He also had a deal with Beats by Dre. He also had a deal with Essential Water. He also just beat Lomachenko. Beat the man in that division. Took all his belts. He also has a dad slash trainer who has been talking a crazy game for him. Predicting pretty much everything at this point. Years before Tiafimo ever became a world champion, his dad predicted at 15 fights, my son will be world champion. Well, guess what? He knocked out Comey in his 15th fight. He also said, my son in 16 fights is going to kick Lomachenko's ass and take his belt. That is exactly what Tiafimo Lopez Jr. did. So you have all this hype behind you. Your dad's been predicting it the whole way. You're getting these massive deals. You're undefeated. You're knocking guys out. You're the man. You're getting purse bids to two different companies coming forward with bigger money than your own promotion. Guys are throwing money trying to get into the Tiafimo Lopez business. That's going to mess with your ego. That's going to make you think you are that guy. And as it should, but you have to balance yourself out. And I don't think Tiafimo Lopez has balanced himself out on the mental side at all. The ego is a big part of it. Mix that in with the anxiety. I'm worried about Tiafimo Lopez inside his head. I am not worried about his physical attributes. I'm not worried about his skill set. I'm not worried about his dad. I'm not worried about his gym, his work ethic in the gym. I'm not worried about that stuff. I'm worried about what goes on between his ears because there's a lot going on in there. And if a guy isn't all in, especially on a sport as dangerous and as competitive as boxing, if you're not 100% in there mentally, if you're not fully focused for all 
things coming your way inside the ring, you're not going to succeed. I bring him up a million times. Yes, I get it. Floyd Mayweather. I'm going to bring him up again. He had so much going on outside the ring. And he always put it to the side when the lights came on. That is why he is the best ever, in my opinion. Throughout it all, he made it work. His dad issues, going to jail. Okay, bring my uncle in, I'm going to make it work. Trouble with the law. Actually going to jail, coming back. The death of his kid's mother. The eventual death of his uncle. The sickness and the health conditions that his uncle was going under throughout the later stage of his career. His daughter getting into legal trouble. The media constantly tearing at him, trying to bring him down, trying to downplay a lot of his achievements. And he he put that all to the side. He didn't even let that bother him in the slightest. It's all about his approach. So I think Tiafimo Lopez needs to switch to some things up. And I'm hoping that we see that difference on Saturday. Is he fighting the toughest competition? No, he's not. He's fighting a decent fighter at 140, Pedro Campa. I think it's the perfect opponent right now because he claimed that he wanted a big fight. He wanted a Josh Taylor right away. And while I think Tiafimo on his best day could be a Josh Taylor, I just don't think that would be the smart move. He needs a tune-up. From what I've seen in his last fight, he needs to switch things up. He didn't make adjustments. He didn't use his jab at all. He was chasing Cambosos around the ring, trying to land one big shot. He actually does land the shot later in the fight. He does get a knockdown in that fight. It was a very competitive fight. Don't get me wrong. It's not like Cambosos dominated, but Tiafimo just didn't look like himself, not even near the caliber that I believe he's on, not even near the guy that beat Vasily Lomachenko. So in order for Tiafimo to get back to that level, I believe he needs a tune-up. He needs to work on things, and he needs to show that he's not going to take an opponent like this lightly. This is your first fight at a new weight. Campa's been at that weight. He's more comfortable, and he also is very aggressive. He throws a lot of wide shots as well. I like what I saw from him offensively. He leaves himself a little open because he falls in love with combinations. He's a rough and tumble type of guy. He wants to rough you up. He wants to get rugged in there. And I think that's a good opponent for Tiafimo. Because if Tiafimo isn't on his game, this is a type of fighter that will bring out a brawl. That's not what we want to see. We want to see Tiafimo do what brought him to the top. And that was counterpunch. He's a great counterpuncher. He uses his jab very well to set up openings to land big shots. Whether it's the straight right hand, whether it's the left hook, or the right uppercut. All three are extremely dangerous punches for Tiafimo Lopez, and they're all set up by the most important punch in the boxing, and that is the jab. If Tiafimo isn't jabbing against Campa, if, if he's in there just looking for a knockout, I am not satisfied. I think that that'll be a huge mistake. Not saying you can't go in there and knock out Campa, but you need to change your entire mindset. You need to go back to taking everyone like a threat. Pedro Campo or not. Guy doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. I don't care. Take him like you're fighting Vasily Lomachenko or Javante Tank Davis. Take Campa as the toughest threat of your life, Tiafimo, because basically that's what it is at this point. Because if you don't win this fight, 
it's over. May sound dramatic, may sound drastic. If he loses these two fights in a row, the time it's going to take him to get back to where he was is astronomical. This is the most important fight of Tiafimo Lopez's life. And he needs to be prepared as if it is. Don't think about the name. Don't think about how you haven't heard of this guy or seen any of his opponents or anything like that. Be prepared. Because the greats are prepared for everybody. The great fighters make bums look like bums. I'm not saying Camp is a bum. But he'll make a nobody look like a nobody. Canelo Alvarez, yeah, he picks and chooses some fights, and he'll fight these bums here and there. But you know what he does with those guys? He knocks them out. Spectacularly. Tiafimo can get a spectacular knockout in this fight, but he needs to be on his A game. I want to see him crisp. I want to see him start the fight fast, peppering Campbell with a jab. If I don't see that, I'm concerned. Tiafimo Lopez, to me, is a guy that I believe a lot of people are writing off a little bit too early. They see one loss and they're quickly dismissing him like, oh, he couldn't mess with the top guys. Listen, it was the worst night of his career. It was George Camboso's best night of his career. And it was a competitive fight that Camboso's deserved to win. We'll see if any of those issues I brought up come back into play. Because this is boxing. You can't have excuses. While the things that he said may or may not be valid, it really doesn't matter. Because when the history books are written, they don't write, yeah, but um, he was going through some mental health issues, or yeah, but, you know, he was a little sick. No, we're not going to care. We care about wins. We care about losses. We care about who you beat and when you beat them. Tiafimo Lopez has an opportunity to be involved in some of the biggest fights in the sport, but he got to get past Campa. 140 is a stacked division. Love that division. Josh Taylor is really at the top of it now, but there's so much talent that is there and that is going to arrive in the next couple years. It's really insane. And I think Tiafimo Lopez is going to be at the top of that conversation. But it all starts Saturday night in Las Vegas on ESPN. Tiafimo Lopez is a main event. And on the co-main, we have one of my favorite fighters in the sport, Xander Zayas. Young guy, prospect of the year last year. He's only had one fight this year. And his um, return was actually delayed. He was supposed to fight in July, but it ended up getting pushed back because he had a virus, not COVID or anything, but it was he was sick and couldn't make that fight. Now he is finally making his return. Only 19 years old from Puerto Rico, light middleweight. Actually, I believe he fights at middleweight now, 160. This is a must-see fighter, all-action fighter. Um, he's still not fighting any known fighters yet, but like I said, the kid's only 19 years old, already 13-0. He has nine knockouts. He's an all-action guy. I'm curious to see what he's done in this long time off. Not fighting in March, uh, not fighting since March is the longest layoff he's had in his early career. So I want to see what he's worked on in that time, if he can come with a little, come up with a little more wrinkles. But other than that, this guy is just 
developing at a rapid rate. And he's going to be someone to keep an eye on if you're a fan of boxing. Those are the two fights. I think those are the only two fights that they're going to televise. ESPN does that a lot, and I like it. They'll do it late, and they'll only have like two televised fights. But on ESPN+, Plus, you can catch the undercard. Um, Duke Reagan from Cincinnati returns. He was a silver medalist in the Olympics. And the middleweight Troy Isley was also an Olympian. He is 6-0 at middleweight, and he's going against Victor Tony. So there's some solid matchups on this undercard, but nothing crazy. I think it's more of a showcase, though. A lot of Olympians. Then you got Prospect of the Year, Xander Zayas. And then, of course, the return of Tiafimo. So it's more of a showcase card. I like these cards from top rank. They're good at showing the casual fan who to look out for. And this is four guys that you really just want to keep an eye on, see how they develop, and see what's next for them. Should be an exciting one. Expect some knockouts here. I expect Tiafimo Lopez to knock Campa out. And I'm hoping he lets it go a little bit. I don't want to see a first-round knockout. I don't. I want to see Tiafimo showing some maturity, showing some uh, layers to his game. So I'm hoping like the fourth or fifth round you get someone out of there. But we'll see. I mean, I thought he was going to knock out Cambosos, and that didn't happen. So this is boxing. We tune in to see what's going to happen. We want action. And we're going to get it Saturday night. That's on ESPN. That's the only good card this weekend. But next car- next weekend, we got Usyk versus Joshua 2 for the heavyweight championship. That is sure to deliver. Um, last week, Danny Garcia made his 154-pound debut against Jose Benavidez. I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked much better than he had in his recent fights at 47. He looked faster in every aspect. His feet, his hands, his reflexes. Um, he looked more comfortable. He looked like he didn't really get tired throughout the fight, which is a good sign. So I think Danny is going to get some big fights at 54. I'd like to see him against Tony Harrison. Tony Harrison actually called him out before the fight. So hopefully we can get a good matchup for Danny. 154 is a loaded division, my personal favorite division. You guys have heard me say it many times. So much talent, and they all mix it up with each other. So Danny Garcia getting added to that weight class has me fired up. It's going to lead to bigger and better fights um, and we're starting off with one in January. I know it's early to talk about January, but it's already been announced Jermel Charlo will be defending all of his belts against Tim Zhu at 154. So 154 is going to continue to be on fire. Speaking of fire, the fall will heat up. I know it's been a little, it feels like a downgrade from what we were getting earlier in the year these last few weeks. They've been slow. Of course, we're getting names like Tiafimo, Danny Garcia, Ryan Garcia, but we're not getting the huge matchups. Next week, that does change. We're going to get Usyk Joshua. That fight is taking place in Saudi Arabia. But here in the United States, that same day, we're getting the return of Adrian Broner against Omar Figueroa. On the undercard, you have multiple title fights. You also have the return of Brandon Lee. The week after that, you get Pedraza versus Richard Comey, which should be a, a fun action fight on ESPN. The week after that, we get Andy Ruiz versus Luis Ortiz. That takes us to September 4th. Luis Ortiz versus Andy Ruiz, heavyweight matchup. That should be fireworks. Following week, September 10th, we get the all-women's card, which is fantastic. Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall and Michaela Mayer versus Alicia Bumgarner. The top four women fighters in the sport of boxing, not named Amanda Serrano, are going to fight each other on the same card. That 
is going to be a fun one. The week after that, of course, the 17th of September, we get Canelo versus Triple G3. Fireworks this fall, I'm telling you. The following weekend, we get Shakur Stevenson against Robinson Canseo for the Super Featherweight Championship of the World. The week after that, we get Chris Eubank versus Conor Ben in the UK. Rivals, their fathers fought each other. This is historic. That's going to be a fun one. And then in October, nothing official yet, but the rumors are the return of the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder, is taking on Robert Hellenius, coming off those two big wins against Adam Kaunaki. That will be fireworks. Also in October, Vasily Lomachenko claims he's returning to the ring. So this fall is going to heat up. Hopefully, we can get the announcement in November or for November of Terrence Crawford versus Earl Spence Jr., for the undisputed welterweight championship of the world. That is the fight of the year. That is the fight everybody wants to see in the sport of boxing. The best fight that can be made, bar none. Hopefully we get that and we will cap off the year in exciting fashion. The way we broke into the year, we're going to finish it just as strong. Stay tuned, guys. Don't think, oh man, boxing's in a bad place. We haven't had a big fight in a while. We were spoiled early in the year. And we're going to get spoiled again to end the year. That's all I have for you guys this week. Tune in next week. Thank you guys. Give me that five-star review. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm out.